Right now, you can support Unfound's work at Patreon, PayPal, or YouTube. Glenda Michelle Griffin, nicknamed Gabby, but her family called her Michelle, was a 45-year-old from Perry, Florida. She was a mother and a huge Dallas Cowboys fan. On November 8, 2015, Michelle was over at a friend's to watch her Cowboys. During the game, the friend fell asleep. When he awoke, Michelle wasn't there, and there was a vehicle leaving the premises. She was never seen again. I'm Ed Denzel, and this is Unfound. If you think about it, closing our eyes, dreaming, then waking up is like time travel. Somehow we're able to go from now to an hour, four hours, eight hours, 12 hours into the future in a split second. Well, I guess it only feels like a split second. And while we're unconscious, the world keeps spinning and we miss so much. This is certainly true in disappearances. Here is a short but incomplete list of unfound people who went missing after their close friends or intimate partners allegedly dozed off. Interestingly, most of those partners and friends were men. Patrick Beavers, Christy Nichols, Lola Catherine Fry, Rosemary Rapp, J.L. Hamblin, Kent Jacobs, and in fact, his case is very similar to ours today. Well, with the disappearance of Michelle Griffin, we have a story that could certainly be true, yet our experience tells us that we should doubt it. What exactly happened while he was sleeping? And now a summary of the case. This is brought to you by my friend Megan Linus's website, Charlie Project. Dot org. Michelle Griffin, and yes, that's how you spell her name, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-A, was a talkative, boisterous type. In fact, in some places featuring her disappearance, she is called Gabby because she liked to talk so much. Gab meaning talk. You know what I mean. But Michelle also loved to work and held a variety of jobs from convenience store clerk to Walmart employee over the years. She was a mother and also seemingly liked to get married, having four ex-husbands, although you should know at the time of this publication, none of them are considered suspects in her disappearance. Really, the biggest problem Michelle had at the age of 45 was an alcohol addiction that she had had since her early 20s. So, on November 8, 2015, the Cowboys were playing the Eagles. Dallas lost in overtime, by the way. As was the tradition, Michelle went to her friend Tommy's to watch the game. During it, Michelle called her mother a few times. Michelle was obviously drunk, but that wasn't unusual. During the investigation, Tommy would claim Michelle was also talking to someone else on the phone. However, Tommy didn't know who the other person was, 
and Tommy heard no plans of anyone picking Michelle up. Yet, after Tommy fell asleep during the game, he awoke to his dog barking. Tommy looked outside to see taillights in the night going away from his house. Michelle's car was there, but she wasn't. She was never seen again. Police allegedly have Michelle's phone records, but they have not revealed who else spoke to her on that day. One of the toughest decisions any investigator has to make in any type of incident or crime is to determine if the lone witness is telling the truth or not when there are no facts otherwise to determine what happened. Contemplate whether you believe Tommy as you also try to answer these three questions during the interview. Number one, given that phone records are private property, should not police allow families access to them if the family does not get them themselves? Number two, if Michelle called someone to drive her home, why did she not just ask Tommy to drive her home? And number three, why didn't the dog start barking until the vehicle was pulling away from the house and not when the alleged vehicle pulled up. Michelle's family is convinced someone caused her disappearance. The guest for this episode is Michelle's mother, Edna Mitchell. Unfound news. I continue to get letters from Steve Pankey. When I receive them, I read them on the Unfound live show if whatever he has written is relevant to Janelle's murder and his trial. If you'd like to know what Steve is thinking behind bars, please tune in on Monday nights. Next, in mid-February, there will be big news regarding a disappearance Unfound has featured. The big reveal will be done at a press conference. I will not be there, but I've been given a heads up on what will happen. And I thank the guest for doing so. Finally, for Patreon and YouTube supporters, please be looking for the next Found episode. For everyone, be looking for the next Unfound Now on the YouTube channel. Before the interview gets started, I remind you that if you'd like to hear and read my in-depth analysis of what Edna says in this interview, please go to patreon.com forward slash unfound podcast, sign up to partake in the unfound blog. It's only $2 a month. I'm so happy to have on this episode of Unfound, the mother of Glenda Michelle Griffin, Edna Mitchell. Edna, welcome to Unfound. Thank you. Uh, as I just stated, uh, we're going to start here um, just so everybody can understand uh, the how we will re- be referring to your daughter during this uh, interview. Uh, her official name, I guess, maybe on her birth certificate was Glenda Michaela Griffin, but people called her Gabby, um, and maybe some other people called her by her middle name. Why? Let's cover that first. Why is that? How did that all happen? She got nicknamed Gabby when she worked at the, I'm trying to remember if it's the Shell Station, I think. She worked at convenience store station. And everybody called her Gabby because she talked all the time. 
Well, that would make sense then. Okay. And, uh, all right, so she got this uh, name. How old was she when she earned this nickname about? Oh, God, let's see. Was this, uh, like, years before she went missing, several years before she went missing, or more closer to her disappearance? Yeah, yeah, it was back before she went missing. Yeah, okay. Okay, how, uh, is that something that she told you, or how did you, what did you call her? Let's maybe talk about that. What did you call her? I called her Michelle. Michelle. I always called her Michelle. All right. And uh, when I went to Perry and stayed with her, lived with her a little while, mm -hmm. that's when I learned about the Gabby, the nickname, because mm -hmm. anybody we ran across that knowed her, that's what they would call her. Okay. All right, so maybe I should ask you this. How would you like me re to refer to her for the rest? How, how would you like to call her Gabby or Michelle for this for the rest of this interview? It's up to you. She's your daughter. Well, I prefer Michelle. Okay. I never did like that nickname. Okay. We will then call her Michelle. That's totally fine. Now, that's an interesting spelling of Michelle, isn't it? I think they put it on the birth certificate wrong, and I never noticed it oh. until this person, where she she worked at the same place that me and my husband were, mm -hmm. and this guy asked my husband, "Have you seen Michaela?" And I said, "Who who is that?" <laughs> yes, and, yeah, uh, that's why I'm confused too. Well, well Matt, he told me. That <clears throat> A lot of the drivers called her that, and I said, well, that ain't her name. Mm -hmm. And I told that man, I said, her name is Glenda Michelle, not Michaela. Mm -hmm. They spelled it wrong on the birth certificate, wow. and the way I spelled it was M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E. -L -L -E. I see, and so somehow that A got in there at the end instead of an E, and that's what confused everybody. Yeah, that's what messed yeah. it up, but... Okay, very good. As long as I knew what I named her, I didn't worry about. Okay. So anybody, once again, for all the listeners now, if you're seeing her name and it's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-A, -E that was not the original intention, <clears throat> as you can hear from her mother, Edna. So for the purposes of this uh, interview, we are going to call her Michelle. All right, so... Michelle, and so that's how we know she was called Gabby as a nickname because she'd like to talk a lot, which uh, is kind of funny. Um, of course, right before we started this interview, Edna, we, uh, you know, you've, um, I, I don't know how much you really want to get into this, but I do want you to talk about uh, your family, uh, you know, your other children, you know, just describe uh, growing up raising Michelle and any brothers and other sisters that, that she may have. I understand, of course, you have some stepchildren as well. Why don't you just get into that a little bit? What was it like, uh, all of them being together, raising them? Never a dull moment. <laughs> Never a dull moment. I miss them days when I would think about them now, and never would I ever thought, that they would start disappearing on me and before my time is just not made to, supposed to be that way. Right. Um, and when Michelle disappeared, I didn't realize that's what had happened to start with. Mm -hmm. But the man that lived next door 
to her. He was one of her buddies, her friends. And he told me that day that I came and she was supposed to be there. He said, Edna, she ain't come home in, in uh, two or three days. He said, I'm worried. He said, I think I'm going to report her missing. And he said, is it all right with you? I said, well, go ahead. I said, hopefully she's just off with her friends and didn't come back. Yeah, well, we're get, we'll get into was, we'll get into that, Edna. I just want to talk a little bit about uh, Michelle, if we could. You know, tell the listeners. You know, we like to really get to know these people who went missing. You know, what was going on in their lives and everything. Why don't you tell the listeners about your daughter Michelle, raising her, uh, her personality, and all those things? Because people are certainly interested in that. You know, talk about you know when she was in her teens, into her twenties, and raising her. You know, tell tell the listeners personality. What was she into? I know she was a Cowboys fan, but, you know, what else do we need to know about her? Well, yes, she was a big Cowboy fan, and uh, she had a very outgoing personality. She didn't meet no strangers. Mm -hmm. And she could talk, and you could hear her, too, because she was loud. <laughs> it rubbed off on my grandson, because he's loud, too. And uh, uh -huh. anyway... As a teenager, she, she loved going to school, and she graduated high school and got her diploma, and then she missed it, and then along came the, the boys, the men, uh -huh. and she got married to one of them, and he, that didn't last because she kept calling me, crying, and the old man told me, he said, next time she calls, go get her, and she ain't going back. Huh. So I told her, I said, when she called me, I said, I'm going to come get you, but you ain't going back now. There ain't no sense in this. It ain't going to work. Mm -hmm. So I went and got her, and she stayed. She went to work where I was working at and uh, <clears throat> stayed with me a pretty good while, and then... This uh, man that lived here in town locally that she kind of grew up around, she moved in with him, and he was a, what she called him, a hermit. And yeah. uh, <clears> the <throat> only thing they ever done, really, was go fishing. Well. Then she moved, she met, uh, let's see, it was her second husband, Robert. Okay. They got married. They stayed married a pretty good while. He had a little girl, and uh, mm -hmm. Michelle had a little girl. No, no, I take that back. She didn't have her then. Okay. It didn't come the way later. Okay. And <clears throat> her last husband, not her last one, but the next to the last one is the one she had her children with, and one mm -hmm. of them was born uh, with the dwarf just a syndrome. And it only lived nine days. And oh she my. didn't. Oh my. She didn't take it too well. And I'm then. What's sure. well, your oldest child? Has a son. And that's something I, I think about that. Michelle always wanted a son. Mm -hmm. But she only had girls. And. I said, if she was here right now, she'd have that young and run. <laughs> but she's not. And yeah. her daughter, 
is is held up good compared to her husband. She went and lived with her daddy, the girl did, for a while. Okay. And then Michelle was going to get her. She kind of stayed with her. Stayed with her lots, but she didn't stay all the time because her daddy preferred her to be with him because he knew Michelle had to work and he knew that she was a party girl. And mm-hmm. it was just uh, back and forth. The young and survived, and she's doing excellent. And how old is and, uh, uh, so? Of course, uh, like you said, Michelle had a a, uh, a a child who died only nine days. Uh, very sad. So, how many other children does she have besides the one that passed away? She had one more girl. A girl, and how old is and, uh, and how old is she now? Roughly. Roughly. That's a good question. I got to think. <laughs> That's all right. Take your well, time. Well, I, I, I have trouble remembering the years they were born. Uh, yeah, that's fine. She'd probably be, let me think, I'm going to say in her 20s. In her 20s. Okay. Yeah. And we have to remember Michelle went missing in, in 2015, and she was into her 40s when she went missing, so that kind of all adds up. Uh, for uh, yeah. this daughter, and and what's the daughter's first name? If we need to refer to her, what's her first name? I have no idea. <laughs> okay. Because I was never around her. Oh, you weren't allowed to very be very much. Oh, you weren't. Okay. Well, she lived way down south. Oh, okay. And, uh, I never got to go down there, and then. Okay. When Michelle uh, married the last time. Mm-hmm. The, the, the father <clears throat> I'm not sure about this I think she gave the child up for adoption Oh, because she said that she wasn't able to care for it properly mm. and uh, her oldest daughter was trying to find her mm. and uh, she didn't have much luck because she told me she said, Granny, I'm trying to find her. And she told me what that youngest name was, and now I can't remember. Okay. But but anyway, then Michelle, she married one more time, and that was a hope. She shouldn't have done that because mm-hmm. he was, uh, I was trying to think what he did for a living. He's gone a lot, but uh, Ty Steele, I think, is what he done for a living. Okay. And he was also a, a, what they call a rambling man. <laughs> Thanks, so he's supposed to have all the women. All right, like, yeah, it's, I think Bob Seger did a song about that, the rambling man. And <laughs> he uh, he made good money, but he, if mm-hmm. Michelle asked him for a dime, she had to account for mm-hmm. every sin of it, you know, and I told mm-hmm. her, I said, I wasn't even worried with him. You shouldn't have married him. Yeah. Well, she filed for a divorce and her divorce became final right before she disappeared. She had a boyfriend and he was abusive and I tried to get her. Mm-hmm. That's right. I moved back home right before she disappeared and I talked to her and I tried to get her to understand you deserve better than that. You don't 
mess with somebody that like that because they're not going to change. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. honestly, I don't know. You know, if mm-hmm. he was because of her disappearance or something else was, but they haven't found out yet, and I haven't talked to any of them. Normally, mm-hmm. that one detective called my son when he was in the hospital getting his treatment and asked him some oh, questions and uh that's been the last that mm-hmm. you know that uh we've heard from him so when you say when you went back home you're talking when you went back home and saw her you're talking about the perry area of florida is that the area no you're ta- i moved back here to Carryville, where i'm at now where my house is at okay, okay. i came back home well the husband had gotten sick, he had that cancer, and he was in going to the Mayo Clinic and all, and uh, he told me that he was going to move and that I should come back home to make sure that nobody didn't destroy the place and yeah. wouldn't left nobody here but my grandson. So mm-hmm. I had a good long talk with her. Michelle was an alcoholic. Yeah. And I told her, do not let that bottle beat you. I said, start going back. She used to go to AA meetings. I told her, you can start that. And uh, Mm. she naturally told me she would and all that, but I know she did. How long did she struggle with that, Edna? How long did she struggle with alcohol? Is this going back to like her teens? Like a lot of people start that in their teens, or was this later that this started? I think she was more in her 20s when she started. I noticed, because she was living here with me, and I noticed, and I asked her, I said, Michelle, what are you doing drinking a beer at lunchtime when you got to go back to work? I said, you know people can smell it on you. Mm-hmm. I said, if you want to have a beer, wait till you get off from work. Well, naturally, she didn't like that idea of me trying to tell her what to do, of but course. I told her. I'll only tell them for your own safety, you know. Right, you sure. Turn in. Well, see, alcoholism running in her daddy's side of the family, and uh, mm-hmm. they either had, they either all died, what didn't die from cirrhosis of the liver died from cancer. And yeah, and it just and you notice, like, so you noticed this in her twenties, and of course she was in her forties when she went missing. So this was like a twenty-year thing of her uh, oh, with this yeah. with this uh, alcohol addiction. She was full-blown alcoholic, wow. and uh, now her brother, the one that died of cancer, mm-hmm. he drank, but he wasn't no alcoholic, and uh, but her their daddy was, and he but cancer is what killed him. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it run in that side of the family. Michelle and Edward were my two kids. I had those kids when mm-hmm. me and my last husband got married, and he had three kids. Mm-hmm. And me and him had one together. Okay. And, and uh, my, my, well, Michelle went missing first, then Edward got, the cancer got him, and then the stepson he had a heart attack and the other two was battling uh keeping their limbs 
Yeah. But they they lost in the end. And now my daughter that I had with my husband, only one me and him had, mm. she's got a birthday coming up on the 28th. And uh, mm -hmm. she'll be 49. Yeah. And so far, she ain't had no. I stay on her all the time. Yeah. All right, so she's you know, avoided uh, the alcohol and the cancer. Yeah. Well, that's good. I'm so happy far. to hear that. Fantastic. Fantastic. So, yeah, uh, and as the listeners are uh, now listening to this, you know, you're getting the idea that Edna has had a lot of loss in her family over like the last almost 10 years. That is certainly true. And Edna, Edna, Edna and I were just talking uh, about that before we started this interview. So if you're getting that idea, that is certainly true. And I guess it kind of started with Michelle going missing in 2015. You know, it's kind of, it sounds like it's been all unfortunately downhill from there. Yes, it has. Yeah. Okay. So she has this drinking issue. Uh, these, uh, uh, it sounds to me, I was just trying to count them up. She was maybe married four times. Is that about right? Yeah, she was, let's see. Uh, she married, I can't think of that first husband's name, but the second one was Robert. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, uh, the, the kid's daddy, and if I could get his that, name on my tongue. But, and then the last one, he was from here. Mm -hmm. She knew him ahead of time, and uh, that I don't know why she done it, but she got divorced anyway. Right before she went missing, I found the divorce papers and her stuff. Do you think the uh, how your opinion on? Of course, she has this drinking issue. She's getting married these times. Uh, were these guys also alcoholics? Did that kind of exacerbate anything? Did any of these guys try to help her and, uh, and get you know no. get her off her what? The first husband had a drug problem, a bad one. Okay. The second husband, let me think, was it Robert? Yeah, Robert, he didn't, I mean, I ain't going to say he didn't drink, but he wasn't no alcoholic or nothing like that. Okay. He was in the making his living selling drugs and uh, cocaine, I think, mostly and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. she got tired of dealing with it. And yeah. she was afraid to, you know, she said she had to do it with him. She said she was afraid that she was going to get addicted and she had to get out of there. So she got up one morning and packed herself when he was gone and left and, uh, Went and filed for divorce the same day. And then she went on to Perry and was staying with her, her uh, brother and his wife for a while until she got her own place, got her a job. Now, it's one thing she did. She worked. She always worked. You right. Know? You told me about that. I even have it in my notes that she, uh, she was a worker. Yes. She, she, even though she struggled with alcohol, she did like she made money. Yeah, down there, like I said, she worked at that, uh, I think it's a shell station on the south end of Perry on 98, and uh, that's where she picked up the nickname. Gabby. Because she always greeted everybody that come in the store, and like I said, you didn't have no problems hearing her because <laughs> she was loud. 
And uh, uh-huh. I, I know my grandson's loud, and oh, I told him sometimes, please tone it down. <laughs> yeah, you said that your uh, grandson who lives with you is also the same way. Maybe it's a little genetics going yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah, he I, is. He's the same way, loud as he can be. Well, you know, if it makes you feel any better, Edna, that's been said about me as well. So maybe you and uh, maybe you, all of us, are related. We're all very loud. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've been told that several times in my life as well. It's um, you know, it's one of those things that people don't even realize it. You know, you have a loud voice and you don't realize it. Maybe that's what was going on with Michelle too. Yeah, because sometimes I would. She would. She loved embarrassing me. We, they come one Fourth of July, and her and her husband and and the little girl, the oldest one, mm-hmm. and uh, we were in Walmart. Well, my grandson was. He was uh, I don't know five or six years old, four or five, somewhere along there, and I had him in the buggy with me, and she had. Renee and her buggy, and uh, somehow we got off the same track, and I hear her holler, Mama, where the hell are you at? <laughs> I looked around, I said, I hope nobody don't know I'm her mama. <laughs> she embarrassed can... the fire out of me. <laughs> so you're kind of disowning her for the second, for embarrassing you. Everybody be looking around to see who she was talking about, but since I wasn't on the aisle with her, uh-huh. That kind of saved me a little bit till she come around that corner and saw me. Okay. And then she had that loudspeaker turned on again. I said, girl, shut up. <laughs> okay. All right. That's fantastic. That's funny. Uh, let's, uh, let's move on to this. I just want to ask you, uh, of course, we've talked about this uh, boyfriend. I'm going to ask you about him in, in a second. But first, I want to ask you about this guy who allegedly last saw her. And her, his name is Tommy. Who is he? How did uh, Michelle and Tommy know each other? How long had they known each other? And, you know, we're going to get into the circumstances of her disappearance here in a bit. But just tell the listeners a little bit about Tommy. We don't need to get into his last name. But just, you know, what you think of him, um, you know, stuff like that. Well, Tommy was a friend <coughs> to her and my son. And... They had been knowing him for years, you know. He lived in Perry, mm-hmm. and they used to party together and and uh, play with guns. They liked doing that. They all had a, who had the biggest gun and uh-huh. who could do the shooting the best and all that. And, yeah, uh, me too. Yeah. Anyway, I never. I met him. I knew him. You know, I didn't know him as well as they did. Mm-hmm. But she went over there. She would go to his house, and they'd watch football together because she didn't have nobody else that liked watching it. And uh, okay. that night that she was, I'm just, I just, uh, I, I, yeah, I'm just asking you. You know, uh, we'll get it. Like I said, we'll get into the circumstances. And we're just trying to get an idea about Tommy, being that he was one of the last people to see her. You know, we need to know a little bit about him. Uh, did you like him? Did you have a positive opinion of him? Do you have a positive opinion yeah, on him? I had, I, yeah, I liked him. Okay. He was just an old old, old man that was lonely, too, and he didn't have nobody to 
he wasn't married, didn't mm -hmm. have no kids, and uh, he liked their company because even my son's two grandsons, his two kids, mm -hmm. which is my grandsons, would go out there with Michelle a lot of times when they was having football night, watch mm -hmm. football, and them boys would go out there. And he could, he liked to cook, that, that man did, and uh, he'd cook and feed them all, and I guess, you know, they just enjoyed being out there because he lived kind of out of town. Okay. And, okay. And well, you should I, say when you... That's about all I know about him, you know? Okay. Now, uh, have one you... year... Him... Please, go ahead. Excuse me. No, no, please continue. One year, him and his brother came here for Thanksgiving, and because uh, my son was living out there in uh, his uncle's trailer, him and them boys was, and his two sons, but they came for Thanksgiving, and him and his brother did, and I mean, they was about as nice of people you want to meet. Wow. I didn't see anything wrong with them. Good. No. Good. That's about all I know about him. Okay. Um. So when you say older, he was not, in my understanding, he was not Michelle's age. He was like maybe in his 60s? I'm going to say so, yeah. In okay. His 60s. All right. Is he still alive? Uh, as far as I know, he is. Yes. And I okay. haven't talked to him in a long time. Okay. So she would go over there. She had known him for a while. A, a guy he trusted seems like a good guy. You have a good impression of him. And they would get together uh, to watch football, but I know that Michelle was a Cowboys fan, right? Yes, she was. Yeah. And, uh, but she'd watch other, other football, but she mainly watched Cowboys, and uh, she would call me. Okay. All right. During well, the game. She, right. If she was drinking especially, she would call me more than one time. Okay, and we're going to get into those calls. Uh, we're going to get into those calls uh, that she made to you during the, you know, this evening, this night that she disappeared for sure. Now, let's, uh, you, oh, I think uh, you had mentioned this boyfriend that you did not think had a very good um, impression, uh, not a good, um, maybe a guy not maybe very good for Michelle. His name is Doug, right? Correct, Doug? Uh, uh. Why don't you tell us uh, a little bit about him? Did you know him before the two became a couple? And what was your impression of him? Did you have a chance to meet him? What do you, what can you say about Doug? Once again, before never. she went missing, what what did you think? I never met him. Never met him. Okay. But my son worked for him. Oh. Way back before she. Wait, several several years back, he worked for him and. Uh, when he found out Michelle was seeing him, he got upset. He said, you stay away from him. Huh. But she didn't, of course, she didn't listen. And uh, mm -hmm. But he tried to make an impression on her to, to learn to stay away. <laughs> and uh, mm -hmm. she had some friends that even told her that. But, yeah. Okay. But I never met the man. Um. So, but you had heard of him before she went missing. She had mentioned maybe Doug in passing. You know, I'm going out with Doug. I'm seeing Doug. Or maybe your yeah, son said to well, you. Well, she was going out with him when I left, moved back home. Mm -hmm. And I told her, I said, Michelle, Brad, well, we, I sat and listened to her, talk to him on the phone. And 
I told her, I said, you need to drop that. Let it go. Yeah. I said, because he ain't nothing but trouble. And he ain't doing nothing but uh, making you cry because he tells you one thing and he does another. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, now when I left from there that day, that morning, I drove off from there. I told her, mm-hmm. please listen to me and get you another. I said, you can, you can get a, uh, a decent boyfriend. You don't need one that's crazy. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Okay. But, from my grandsons was living there with her, my two, Edward's mm. two boys. Mm-hmm. And they told me after Michelle went missing and they found out about it, then they told me that she was still seeing him yeah. and uh, that she come home one time with a bruise on her face and, and a nod on her head and all kind of stuff. And I told him, I said, well, I tried to tell her to stay away from him. Well, her best friend, her very best friend's husband told uh, his wife, if he drives up out here in this yard, you can bet he ain't coming to see you. He's coming to kill you. He said, so you stay away from him. You stay away from from don't be talking about him, don't be saying nothing, because that man had worked with him years back, too, mm-hmm. and he knew him. So he was a bad guy. Knew him as a bad yeah, guy. My, okay. My son that worked for him told told uh, told me one time, this was way before Michelle ever met him and all this, but okay. he, he said his own son called him the devil. Wow. Because they work, they all work together. How long do you think, uh, how long do you, best as you can tell, and I realize this has been nine years now, how long do you think that uh, Michelle and Doug were like a couple before she went missing? A year, six months, what do you think? A couple of months. A couple months, not long. Not long. Okay. That's right, because she had just started she had been seeing him about two weeks or so whenever I will come back home. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, it wasn't long before she went missing. I had an appointment in Tallahassee at the, the doctor's office at the hospital, and I told her. Mm-hmm. I told her that night when I talked to her on the phone, I said, Now, I'm going to come see you tomorrow. As soon as I get out from there, I'm coming to Perry." and come see you, and there was a thing or two I had left there at the house I wanted to get. Well, when she wasn't there, it shocked me, because always, always Mm -hmm. there, whenever she'd tell me she was going to be. Well, I couldn't get a hold of Tommy, because it kept going voicemail, but eventually he called me back, because I left him a message, and he said, Edna, she left from here last night. Okay. Somebody come picked her up. He said, but I was asleep. The dog woke me up, and he said, I stood up and looked, and I could see the taillights going out mm-hmm. towards the highway, and he said it had to be a truck or a van because the taillights were up high. Yeah, let me let me just... I, yeah, let me uh, get a little deeper. We'll just get right into the circumstances now. So we have... 
Uh, let me just kind of maybe uh, allow me for a few seconds to set this up then. So we have um, Michelle struggling with alcohol, but still working. Seems she has friends. She has this guy Tommy in her life, who although he's not a boyfriend, seems like a, you know, a, a decent guy in her life. You know, you're talking to her, although you had moved, uh, it sounds to me like you had moved away. And maybe I should ask you this, where was Michelle living at the time of her disappearance? Being that you moved away, where was she living? She was living there where I was living with her, there in Perry. Okay. All right. And was she living with anybody uh, or by herself or what was she doing? My grandsons were staying with her. Okay. Very good. All right, so we come up to November 8th, like you've already described, to 2015. It was very common for her to go over to Tommy's place, and they were watching a game. Your understanding, it was just the two of them? Yes, because they had the phone on the speaker, and I could hear them both, and okay. the TV. Okay. And why don't you go through that again, if you could. And Why don't you just go through, uh, you ended up talking to Tommy, but... How does he explain that evening? So Michelle comes over in her car. She drives over there. And what goes on? Well, they get drunk, I guess you could say, both of them. And he's, he has a dog. And uh, when Michelle, the last time she called me, she was upset because they wasn't winning the game. Well, Tommy told me whenever I finally got to talk to him, he said that somebody, she kept calling somebody and she'd go outside, outside the door and stand on the steps and talk to him and then come back in because I guess she didn't want him to hear mm -hmm. her conversation. Well, he said he fell asleep and that what woke him up was the dog was barking. So he sat up, he said that's when he saw through the window, the taillights going out, and he said Michelle was gone, or she took her pocketbook with her. And he said, and I don't know where she went. He said, and he was right. He said she always come back early the next morning, got her car, and went home. Well, mm -hmm. her car was still there, and the keys were still between the seats where she always put it. And he said, I don't know what to tell you. He said, I guess she'll be back when she. Gets ready. Well, you know, I didn't think anything about it because sometimes Michelle would do that. Whenever I was staying with her, she'd park her car in the Walmart parking lot there in Perry. And uh, whoever she was picking her up would pick her up, and she might not come back for a couple of days. But she always came back, and she didn't come back. Well, I let the car stay at his house until he told me he said, Edna, if you want me to, he said, I got AAA and I ain't used it. I'll get them bring Michelle's car to your house. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I said, well, if the, the police okay it with them first because we don't want to do nothing to mess up an investigation or nothing. Mm -hmm. Well, he talked to them there and they told him, yeah, he'd go ahead and Go ahead and have the car moved here. Well, he, I got a barn type thing down there. You call it a garage or something. But anyway, I had that guy to back it up under there. And uh, mm -hmm. 
all the anything that was in the car was normal stuff. She had some kids' toys and stuff in the back. I said she must have had a, a friend with a child. And uh, mm-hmm. well, I asked Brady and Dalen about it. They said, "Yeah, that somebody, some girl had a little girl that was riding in Michelle's car." I said, "Well, they didn't get their toys out." <laughs> But, uh, uh, let me ask. Let me, already... let me ask you this: uh, Did Tommy say? Uh, of course, they watched many games together. Did he say there was anything unusual about that evening, them together, compared to any other day or night that they watched a game? Anything that stood out to him being different from all those other times? No. Uh-huh. no. He said that you know that he thought that Michelle was going. to sleep it off on the couch before she went home. Mm-hmm. And it surprised him that he saw her, saw the vehicle going out and she was gone. He said, I, and it was dark naturally, and he didn't have a clue who she mm-hmm. left with. Okay. Well, uh, I'm assuming, and I could be wrong, that it was her boyfriend. Yeah, well, we don't, we don't, we don't want to get into that. That's fine. We'll get, we'll, I'll get into that a little later. I, I'm, but you actually talked to her. It wasn't you actually spoke to her during the game, right? Yeah. And what did you two time. talk about? What did you? What was the conversation? She always wanted me to watch the game with her, where she could talk to me, and it that's all it was about. And then I told her the last call that I would be coming to town the next morning. I was going to come see her. You going to be at home? Or are you going to go home? She said, yeah, I'm going home. I said, all right, well, I'll see you tomorrow, probably around lunchtime. And uh, that was it. That was the end of the conversation. She and, she didn't say that anybody was coming to pick her up. She didn't say that she was talking to anybody. Nothing like that. No, she wouldn't talk, tell me anyway because she knew I wouldn't approve. Okay. And plus, she was loaded. I mean, loaded. And I told her, I said, Michelle, don't you go out and get in that car in the condition you in. You done got caught one time. She she knowed everybody in that town. And uh, Mm -hmm. the police, before I moved there, had caught her. And she was uh, drunk, drunk. And... uh, he said, Michelle, he said, you know, I can't let you leave here in this car. He said, you got anybody you can call to come get you, and I'll let you go. Well, her cousin, she called her, and she told the cop that she had come get her. And uh, so she he went. He waited there until she come and got her, and they put the car up in the parking lot and uh, locked it up and gave the keys to her. He, and he told her, don't let me catch you out here like this again. I'm going to take you to jail. He probably wouldn't, but anyway, he told her that. Okay. Because he, she knew all of them. She knew everybody. And, uh, and people liked her, but they knew she was an alcoholic. Okay. Did Tommy? Did Tommy have any idea of how long? I mean, was the game still going on when she left, or was the game over? How long does he think he was asleep? Oh, the game. I think the 
game was over. I, I'm not positive, but I think it was over. I'm almost sure it was because the last time I talked to her, it was like a few seconds left or so in the game. Mm -hmm. And I think whoever was going to pick her up was coming to get her when the game was over because she kept going outside talking to somebody. So I figured she already had it lined up, whoever was going to pick her up. All right. So once again, and Tom, it, it was Tommy that said that she was talking to somebody. Not you. Of course, he knew she was talking. She was talking to you, but there was somebody else she was talking to on the phone, and she would go outside so Tommy couldn't hear the talk. Right. Exactly. Okay. She didn't want him to hear the conversation. Okay. Uh, did Tommy? Of course, as you've already said, you have a suspicion of who. Uh, if once again, if we're to believe Tommy's story. <clears throat> Tommy had said the dog barked or something. That's what woke him up, right? Yeah, the dog, because it was in the house and it started barking and that, mm -hmm. it woke him up. Okay. And so he wakes up. Michelle's not there. He's like, well, I don't know. Maybe he hears something outside. Maybe he hears a car going away. He looks out and he sees a car far in the distance going away. So it's the taillights going away from his place. Yeah, because his house set uh, off, back off from the road. So, okay. you know, they had to go out the driveway down the little road to the highway. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said he saw them. And he even told me which way they turned, but I can't remember now. Okay. Do you know, or maybe Tommy told you, had she ever gotten picked up at his place before some uh, by somebody and left her car there. Do you know if that ever happened before? No, I don't know. I sure don't. All right, maybe that's if Tommy. Most still... of the time, if she got loaded mm -hmm. and she was out there, she was sleeping off on the couch and get up and go home. Okay. Well, she knows she shouldn't be driving. Right, I, and then I appreciate her not drinking and driving. Everybody does. That's good. Uh, good for her, even though she had a drinking problem. Uh, she would try to sleep it off. We appreciate that. Uh, Tommy never drove her home in any of these situations when she was drunk. Do you know? No, uh, no. Okay. So she, uh, takes off. He's thinking, well, went off with somebody. Um, let me ask you this. Were Tommy and Doug friends? Uh, no. I don't even know if they know one another. You okay. don't know the truth. Okay. But I'm guessing Tommy knew about Doug being that I'm going to guess Michelle mentioned Doug at least once in Tommy's presence, but we don't know if they're friends or not. So moving on, uh, he gets up the next morning. Of course, the car is still there. And then he calls you. Tommy calls you to tell you about the vehicle, Michelle's vehicle. Well, he, I called him first. Oh, okay. I had to wait. I had to wait for him to call me back because he wasn't at home. It, it, I had his house number. It's got an answer machine, so I left a message. Mm -hmm. And uh, he called me back, and that's when he told me about her leaving and mm -hmm. her not driving off in her car. He said somebody picked her up, he, and he explained to me, you know, about he had been asleep, and he woke up. The dog started barking in his head and woke him up, and... Uh, he saw the vehicle going out, but he told me that it had to be uh, something with the lights up high on the back, not like a car, you know, low, low to the ground. 
I said, well, it don't matter what they was in because I ain't got a clue who it was unless it was her boyfriend. So he was uh, so he was leading you to believe it looked like a truck to him. Yeah, he said with the t- he said the tail lights were up higher mm-hmm. than a car lights, and uh, yeah. he said it could have been a van or a truck. Okay. Well, uh, her boyfriend drove a pickup truck. Okay. All right. So the next day, her car is there. Tommy says, "Well, were the keys in the car, or did she take them, or or what?" No, she always put them in between the seats. And that's where the keys were. That way she wouldn't lose them. She told me she did that so she wouldn't lose them. She'd always know where they were at. Right. Okay, so the keys were in the car. Yeah. All right. And so then Tommy says he has AAA. He volunteers uh, to to tow it to a place uh, that you have. Is there a reason being that you had the keys that somebody just didn't drive it? Just... Off the top of my head, a question. Is there a reason it just wasn't driven? Ah, uh, no. She always put the keys in between the seats. She mm. did that for herself so yeah. she would know. She said, if I got drunk, I might lose them somewhere. If I took mm-hmm. them with me, she said, so I put them between the seats. And they're always there. Okay. I guess what I'm saying, Edna, is that usually, of course, we know and talk about several disappearances where cars have been left behind and gotten towed, but usually that's because there are, there's no keys for the car. But there were keys for this car. I'm just wondering why uh, somebody didn't drive it like over to, why didn't Tommy get somebody to just drive it over to your place? That's all I'm asking. Well, I don't know. Okay. Uh, all I know is he volunteered after the car had been there couple of weeks he volunteered he said it he called me and he said Edna Mm -hmm. if you want me to he said I got triple A and it's free I ain't got I ain't had used it he said and I'll get them to bring Michelle's car home to you he said because you know they done through going through it and everything and Okay. They didn't even find the keys. But I'm the one that knew where they was at. Knew, I told were, him, I said, I gotcha. the keys is in between the seats. Okay. So that car sat there for a couple of weeks. So what were you thinking for those couple of weeks? What, what, what was going on in those couple of weeks? As the car sat there at Tommy's place, what were you doing? Did you talk to the police? Did they take a report? What went on? Oh, yeah, they came to the house. After the car was moved here, they came to the house, and we went down there to the car, and they went through it. And I told them I said the keys was between the seats. I said, but the reason I know that is because Michelle told me that's where she always put them so she would know where they were at when she got ready to come home and wouldn't lose them. And they said, well, you know, that ain't a bad idea, but... There wasn't nothing in that car to give them a clue on nothing. 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 Okay. So she's missing. Uh, What else, of course, uh, still here, and we're doing this interview, by the way, for everybody on January 22nd of 2024. So besides Michelle, what else is missing? Is her purse gone? Is her phone gone? Is there any other possessions that are gone? Her phone and her purse. Okay, so she took off, uh, she took her purse, 
and her phone, but the keys were still in the car. Nothing unusual about the car. Regarding uh, her phone, uh, has anybody, have the police gotten the phone records? Uh, have been able to, like, you know, uh, contact her cell phone company to see who she was talking to besides you that night? Yeah, they do, but they didn't tell me. Okay. So they so they haven't told you, even though you believe they have the information, they've never told you, well, we have proof that she was calling and texting with Doug that night or with John Smith or or Jane Doe, anybody like that. We just have no idea. I, they told me that they, they got her phone records mm -hmm. and they know who she talked to last. But they didn't say. They didn't tell me anyway. And uh, okay. The last, well, the last information. This is what I got, and I ain't heard nothing. It's been a while because I've been home. Let's see, last month or this month. Matter of fact, today's the twenty. What is today? The twenty-first or today is the twenty-second of January. Yeah, it's Monday. Yes, yesterday on the 21st, I moved back home. That's been two years. Mm. And uh, I was living with my sister then. I moved back home. Okay. Been two years. And uh, I was trying to think if it was in 20 or 21 that they uh, told me that they were working, investigating <clears throat> her, her, her boyfriend, but they said they had to be very careful or they would lose him if they made a wrong move. Mm -hmm. And he would get away with it if he is responsible. Okay. But so far, I haven't heard nothing else. And uh, I know it's been t a couple of years or, or longer. Okay. I hadn't heard anything out of them. All right. So just so we're on the record on this, the police have brought up Doug's name in regards to Michelle's disappearance. Right. Okay. But they told me you got to have, you got to have the, the info or, you know, mm -hmm. the information, whatever, before they could advance to even, uh, try to charge him with anything because they said if he they do that and then the don't have enough evidence in court and they can't throw it mm -hmm. out of court then they, he's gone that's uh, it and that, we'll never get that, him back that could happen I, I i agree it's a very dicey situation important decisions have to be made good choices have to be made um but i have to ask you of course doug's name has been brought up uh but we don't want to get into too many names or anything. Uh, if we're to believe Tommy's story, is there anybody else that you can think of who might have uh, been a candidate to pick up Michelle that night? Anybody else that comes to mind, and we just don't want to get into last names or anything, but any other men or women who she might have called saying, you know, I need a ride home, and can you give me a ride home? Anybody else? Nobody I know of, because okay. I didn't know a lot of people in Perry like she mm -hmm. did. And I lived there. I went to school there, and I lived there as a grown-up, but it had been years, you know, mm -hmm. 
since I had moved from the moved from there, and uh, mm -hmm. I just didn't know a lot of people that okay. like I did, you know. Okay. And I also have to ask you, being that you brought this up maybe a half hour ago or something in this interview, that we have to remember that she, the, the final divorce papers, I guess, for her fourth marriage were signed right before she went missing. Yeah, she, it was, uh, granted that, in other words, it was final okay. right before she went missing. Okay, how would you, um, just have to ask. How would you uh, describe this divorce? Uh, a mutual one, a happy one, or was it nasty, or what was it? No, no, it was mutual. It was mutual, okay. Yeah. All right, do you, you think there's any possibility that, uh, that she might have contacted this ex-fourth husband and to pick her up, being that she couldn't find anybody else. Any possibility? Of that? No, he wasn't. No, probably wasn't nowhere near. Okay. Like I said, he he worked mostly over around, I think, Louisiana and Texas. Oh. Over in that area, and he's gone a lot. Okay. So let's talk about Doug a little bit. What has he had to say about this? Have you ever talked to him one on one about this? Have the police? Anything that's gotten back through, like, the grapevine of how he reacted to uh, Michelle being missing? Uh, was he helpful? What, what can you say? What have you heard about any of that? I never spoke to the man. Okay. Never seen him, never spoke to him. I do know this. When we had a memorial, some of our friends all got together, and we had a memorial down at the beach there in Perry, because uh, she loved the water. And there were some folks, when everybody was talking, and he said, be careful about what you say. And he said, it's better if you just don't say nothing for your own safety. And that man's dead now. He died. I don't know what he died from, but I know mm -hmm. he's dead, because he used to live here in this town. That's where he grew up at anyway. So I, that, as far as Doug is, I don't know him. I've never met him. I've never spoke to him. Mm -hmm. And uh, my son was very protective. He didn't want him coming up there where we lived at. He, wanted me, he told me he was going to try his best to get Michelle to quit seeing him. And he said, and Mama, you don't have nothing to say to him or don't be around. I said, well, he ain't going to come up here no way because he knows I'm here. Mm -hmm. All right, but you have no idea what Doug has said about Michelle's disappearance. Uh, whether he's been helpful to anybody, has he offered an opinion on what could have happened to her, anything like that? No, not that I know Zero. of. Zero. Uh, is uh, Doug still around? Does he still live in the area? What's he, what's he done? Do you have any idea what he's done with his I life since 2015? I guess he lives. I don't know. I, don't, I think he lives, still lives down there close to the water somewhere. Okay. All right. Um, what about, of course, we talked about so many men. We have, Of course, we have some ex-husbands here. We have Tommy. We have Doug. What about female friends? Uh, any of Michelle's 
female friends, have they said anything to you about this? Anything that, you know, Michelle might have confided in them or anything? Have they any, any insight into her disappearance at all? Any women that she had known for a long time who you trust? Her best friend, like I said, that her husband told her about Doug, she told her, Michelle told her, mm -hmm. that if she anything happened to her, that it would be because of Doug. Mm -hmm. Now, I have to ask you, if, that, if that's the situation, I'm not saying, of course, neither of us uh, heard that conversation, although we do hear about things like that uh, on Unfound, on this podcast, about women talking about that. In fact, just recently, we had a woman write a note before she went missing that kind of said that. Um, is that uh, something that she had just said, like, right before she went missing? And why would she contact Doug? If she was afraid of him, why would she contact him to pick her up? Any insight into that, Edna? Hard-headed is all I know because <laughs> I couldn't get right. to stay away from him. Okay. You know? All right. You know? I appreciate the honesty. Okay. So we have we have that. Um, and were any searches ever done, you know, over the past like I said, nine, almost nine years now, that, uh, you know, anywhere to look for her, of course, we hope that she's still alive. We always have that hope. But anybody ever organize anything to go look for her anywhere? No. None. Okay. All right. So we have a situation. <laughs> she's at Tommy's house. He falls asleep. Dog starts barking, he gets up, uh, and there's uh, vehicle lights way off in the distance, and Michelle's never seen again. Of course, her car's still there, the keys are in it, and we don't have any phone information, which of course would be very helpful if we did to find out who she else she was talking to that night. Um, unfortunately, we don't have that. Um, what about any social media uh, any any help there? Was she posting anything on there? Did she have a Facebook account? Anything like that? No, no, she didn't have one. None. Okay. All right. And she's been missing to this day, of course. As everybody can tell, there's a belief maybe Doug had something to do with this, given that he's the boyfriend and doesn't sound like, at least as far as we know, he cared too much. Uh, didn't seem concerned that Michelle uh, is gone missing, seemingly not too helpful. Won't say if he talked to her that day or any day before. And maybe I should ask you this. Any idea of when she might have seen Doug before she went missing? Of course, excluding the night that she went missing. Maybe she saw him. But how often were, were they seeing each other at that point? Anybody have any idea? Mostly, I think... Uh... Well, she, she worked at Walmart, so uh, okay. she was seeing him when she was off. Sometimes she'd go maybe once or twice a week or on the weekend. But mm. other than that, after I left, I couldn't tell you. Okay. Now, as uh, we talked about a couple times during this interview, Edna, you've, you've been through a lot 
uh, of course, starting in 2015 with a lot of things going on in your family, uh, cancer, some deaths, and, and everything else. How do you find the strength to get through all these things? Of course, you know, I, I guess starting with Michelle's disappearance in 2015, and I know all these other things that happened. How do you find the strength, you know, you know, to do this interview? And I know you post about her disappearance. I know you've done some other interviews. How do you, how do you do it? It ain't easy. It ain't easy, I can tell you. And I just pray none of the rest of them get cancer or, or get around the wrong person. You know, the, that oldest stepson has got is a diabetic, and sometimes he don't take his medicine like he should. Right. And he drinks, and I told him that drinking yeah. needed to stop because that ain't nothing but sugar. That's true. And uh, but so far, all the rest of them seem to be doing good, and I hope it stays that way. Right, because since 2015, you lost a son to cancer. Yeah, colon mm. cancer. And so this was Michelle's brother. Yeah. He was my firstborn child, the only real, you know, the only uh, son that I had that I gave birth to, and then uh, Michelle, mm -hmm. and then uh, my daughter Violet, the one that works at the hospital, and uh, right. Billy Joe and uh, Darla and William was my stepkid, which mm. I. Got William as a baby and kind of, you might say, a toddler. But I raised him awful. Yeah. Right, and you told me just recently you lost uh, a stepson to a heart attack. Yeah, he had oh. a heart attack. Just so much. Okay. Yeah, so much loss. And I just can't believe it. Just cannot believe it. Do you have, I know you have a Facebook, uh, that's how we eventually uh, or originally uh, ended up uh, connecting with each other online, Edna. Do you have a Facebook page uh, set up for Michelle's disappearance? If so, why don't you tell the listeners uh, about it right now? I, I don't know how I did it, but <laughs> yeah, there's a Facebook page on there and a lot yeah. of people respond to it and then I'll just uh, read it uh, for everybody it's called please help find Glenda Gabby Griffin right that's that's the page that you set up please help find yeah. Glenda Gabby in quotations Griffin of course for this uh, interview today we used the name uh, that her family I guess used for her and that was Michelle even though it got misspelled on her birth certificate which is a very uh, funny story all right, so please help find Glenda Gabby Griffin is the Facebook page. That's originally how I found Edna, and uh, I hope you will go there. Please share it. Please like it. If you, of course, know anything about Michelle's disappearance, please let Edna know. Uh, Edna, uh, I thank you for being on this episode of Unfound. You're welcome, and I appreciate it. You're welcome. 
And that was my January 22nd, 2024 interview with Edna Mitchell, mother of Glenda Michelle, a.k.a. Gabby Griffin. I thank Edna for joining me and all of you on this episode. And before I get 1,001 emails on the topic, this is something that came up early in the interview, that Bob Seger song is Travelin' Man, Not Ramblin' Man. I messed that up. What can I say? I'm not a big Bob Seger fan. This is a disappearance that all of you by now should be able to identify right away. Yep, it's a the man said type. Guy says woman up and left, got in a car with someone, walked off whatever, but the guy can offer no proof that it happened. By the way, the FBI has a definition for this kind of situation as well. I think it's called victim framing. This is a situation where a witness claims he or she is the only person who is allowed to have an opinion on something because he or she is the only person who was the witness. You can see how this is similar to my term, the man said. The man has a story about his wife's disappearance and everybody else should just believe him because he was the only person there. Anyway, yet what's unique for Michelle's disappearance, and this is how it is very much like Kent Jacobs' case, in addition to the fact they were both watching sports, is that for both Kent and Michelle, the people who were there with them don't seem to be considered suspects. Even though in each disappearance, there's no reason to rule out the immediate friends either. Whereas in most the man said cases, those men, sometimes women, are surely considered suspects. So why does it seem Tommy has escaped scrutiny? Could be due to his age. Could be due to Michelle's family trusting him because they've known him for so long. Could be due to him letting Michelle's family know she was missing as soon as he figured it out. That is, if Tommy wasn't responsible. Maybe the biggest reason is Michelle had another guy in her life, Doug, who seemed to be much more dangerous than Tommy would be. And Doug hasn't had much to say over the past almost nine years. Are there reasons to doubt Tommy's story? Sure. The convenience of the dog not waking him up until the car or truck was almost out of sight. The convenience, like I said in the summary, that the dog didn't bark when whoever showed up, if someone showed up. The fact that Tommy didn't think of calling Michelle when he saw she wasn't there and allegedly just seen a vehicle leave his driveway. Is that not what most people would do? Hey, your car is still here. Where are you going? And maybe the biggest reason for doubt, if you would like to doubt Tommy, that is. As far as Tommy has said, nobody, Doug or any other guy in Michelle's life, had ever picked her up at Tommy's after they watched the Cowboys. I hope all of you will think about Michelle and come to your own conclusions as to what happened to her. Maybe you can sleep on it. With that, I leave the public theorizing up to you. And that's the program. 
right now while you are in your podcast platform, Spotify, YouTube, iTunes, wherever, give Unfound a five-star review, a thumbs up, whatever that platform allows. I thank you for listening. I'm Ed Denzel, and you've just finished this episode of Unfound.